Good morning, family. Great to see everyone this morning, especially our guests. We appreciate you being here and want you to know that you are welcome. If you are from out of town and you have stopped by today, thanks for being here. We want you to know that anytime you come through our area, try to stop by and see us. We're glad that you're here and a part of our assembly today. And if you're from our area and you've come by today and you're visiting, guest with us today, thank you. Thank you for being here. I hope you feel welcome. Uh, I hope you feel encouraged by being here. And of course, we'll be talking about our Lord and following Him. And of course, just as we got through singing... There is no one uh, that has affected us and has changed our life like our Lord has. And, of course, we think about what's happening here, but what we're really saying is He's changed our future. Amen? We know it's going to happen because of Christ in our life. Now we can, well, we can go through anything that happens on this earth because we know what's going to happen when all this is gone. Uh, we know that we get to be with our Lord for all eternity. What a blessing to have that kind of hope. And this morning I'd like to talk to family, brothers and sisters in Christ, people that are trying to follow Him, put Him first in your life, as we all are, just trying to be what God wants us to be. And this morning I'd like to start by doing, doing that by saying, uh, be careful. Uh, and uh, I got to thinking this morning, there's, and you right now, you probably got your uh, uh, whatever device, your iPad or your phone or whatever, and you got your Bible on there. And if you'd like to type in the words, be careful, uh, you will find many of the things that I found when I was getting this lesson together. And what's interesting is there's several places that you'll find in the New Testament. I didn't, pull, I didn't include many of the, uh, of the Old Testament ones. There's several of them there also. But in the New Testament, you'll find different th times in which those words are found. Be careful. I got to thinking about that. And of course, there's different ways that the words be careful are used. But I noticed that when I say those words, it's usually in the context of uh, Zach is visiting. A matter of fact, just Friday. Zach came Friday. And if you remember, we kind of had some snowy, you know, weather and that sort of thing Thursday, and he was going to come on Friday. And so I was talking to him on the phone, and I knew that, you know, of course, uh, hopefully he would be leaving at a time when things would be melted and that sort of thing. So it wasn't, you know. But you know what I said right before I got off the phone? Okay, well, we'll see you then. Now you be careful, all right? Do you guys ever say that? I mean, to especially to, to kids or, or, you, or your grandkids are over to your house, and if they can drive, you know, before they leave to go home, you, you say, be careful. I want, want you to be careful now. And, and that's interesting that we say that to people. And I say that to people, and, you know, uh, I've said it to many of you probably, especially if we have bad weather, you go out the door, say, now you guys be careful, right? Now, the reason I say that, of course, is not that I think you are so dumb that you wouldn't be careful. That's not my point at all. But, I, but I, what I found is I read some scriptures. This, the first one I'd look at, like to look at is here in Titus chapter 3, verse 8. Now, I'm not going to read the context there, but what you'll find is if you look at verse 1, you will find Paul talking about some special things. Well, not, well they are special to Christians, but things that Christians are supposed to be doing. Okay, to the way they're supposed to be behaving and, and who they're kind of giving authority to. And you can read that. But and then, then as he goes on, he talks about, and I want to remind you of the great things that Christ has done. And he has forgiven you of your sins, offered you grace, that sort of thing. And then he gets to the point in verse 8 that he says, now I want you to stress these things. Talk about them a lot. I mean, really focus on them, right? So that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. 
And I, you guys uh, have heard me speak many times, okay? So you know that I'm not this Greek scholar who spends a lot of time in looking at Greek words and what they all mean and that sort of thing. But I did find as I was looking up this be careful phrase that it's interesting what's found there. And I think it has so much to do with the way I would tell Zach, hey, be careful when you leave there. Because I'm not saying that you guys don't know anything about it. I'm not saying that Zach did, wasn't going to be careful. I'm just saying that, number one, I really cared about Zach, and especially that baby he was hauling in the back seat, right? And because of that, I, and I, know, I knew he was going to be careful I'm, in his driving. That, that wasn't the deal. But I wanted him to really concentrate on what he was fixing to do, right? I mean, it makes sense that that would be the case. Well, what I found was, as I looked up this particular Greek phrase, uh, this, this idea of being careful in this, and you guys can do it. It's, it's not, I mean, certainly takes no intelligence to, I mean, if I can do it, any, anybody can look this up, okay? So what you'll find is, it, is there's this idea of activity behind this be careful phrase. It's the idea of something that is moving and doing something and Matter of fact, really the idea is that you're concentrating on it. You're really focusing on the deal. And because of that, it's more of to think about it all the time. Zach, as you are driving here with Addie in the back seat, all right, I want you to concentrate on your driving the whole time. Think about it all the time. Number one, I love and care about Zach. Number two, I want him to think about what he's fixing to do. That has so much to do with what we find in Titus chapter 3 as well as many other places in the New Testament. God looks at us and says, these are my people. These are people that I want to be mine. These are people that are trying to follow me. I, want, I love them. I care about them. And so I am going to encourage them to think about some things all the time. Really focus on it. Be careful. And so this morning, and right now, if you are looking up different places in your New Testament in which you find that phrase, be careful, and I'm not going to look at all of them, so that'd be a good thing for y'all to do at home tonight or this afternoon. You can just look the rest of those up and read different things that God says. Now, you need to be careful. I mean, that would make sense, right? I mean, if our God looks at us and says, okay, here's some things you guys really need to be careful about, there probably some stuff we need to pay attention to, okay? But I'm going to look at three of them real quickly. The first one is found in Matthew chapter 6. Jesus, of course, doing the talking, verses 1 through 4. This is what it said. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. Now, I need to stop there because... There's something I've noticed, and, and, and this is not in, in the points that I'm fixing to make about this particular verse. But do you notice some word? I mean, maybe you guys don't think about this much. But doing things, actions for our Lord, does God care about that? Am I doing that, Corey? That boom sound? Well, I can move it down, but I don't have anything to hook it to. How about that? that better am I doing that or you just <laughs> so quit is that what you're saying quit doing that is that okay right there can you pick me up okay so, I don't I don't sometimes I don't think about it uh, but evidently is if I'm reading this correctly and you guys you guys can look at it yourself it's not I mean look what he says if you do these things, now, these practice your righteousness. 
Now, there could be a lot of things involved in that, and, and we could have many lessons just talking about, well, how do you practice your righteousness? But evidently, when you practice your righteousness, you're doing something that people could look at you and say, well, that's a pretty good guy right there. Wow, look at all the great things he can do. Huh? In other words, they could look at you and say, those are really good things you're doing. You must be a wonderful person. And, of course, we'd be dealing with pride and a bunch of things that we shouldn't have in our hearts there. But what I've noticed is, all right, as I was reading this, evidently there is reward to be gained from God for doing things or practicing our righteousness. Did I read too much into that, or do you guys see that? There, are, there is evidently a reward to be gained from God if we do things for Him. Now, you may be saying, well, Rick, I thought we didn't earn our righteousness. I'm not talking about that at all. I'm just talking about the way our God looks at us if we are doing his kind of things. And evidently, there's something special about that. Because he goes on to say, if you do things, practice your righteousness, if you do that sort of thing, in order for people to look at you and say, oh, that guy's great. I mean, look at her. She is terrific. If that's the case, then whatever reward that might have gained you is all you're going to get. You won't get any from God because you've already got everything. So, I, I, I mean, that's just kind of a side point, but I think it's important that we realize that, number one, God expects us to be doing things. Number two, it has nothing to do with whether people say, oh, you're wonderful or not. As a matter of fact, it would be better not to, re- not to let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. Okay, And so that's just kind of the idea behind this. And then he goes on to say, of course, so when you give to the needy, Of course, this is talking about this practicing of righteousness. When you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full enough. They've got it completely. That's all they're going to get. But when you give to the needy, don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing so so that your giving may be done in secret. All right? Then your Father, who has seized what is done in secret, will reward you fully. Be careful, all right? Be careful that you do not do things so that people can see it. So, sorry about the be careful. I, you know, as I look through my slides, I pulled this up and I thought, that's silly, why do you? Anyway, be careful, all right? Number one, not to be seen. Be careful not to do your things, your acts of righteousness to be seen by other people, right? In other words, it's not that... In other words, it's the idea of looking inside and saying, why am I doing this? What's the purpose of this? If it's not, God, I love you, and I am yours, and I'm doing this for you, then be careful not to do it to be seen by other people, okay, when you practice your righteousness. In other words, when, you, when you're giving, right? when you're praying, when you are uh, helping people, Etc. Whatever those things might be, we don't do it to be seen by other people. Be careful, right? Whatever we do, what something we say, etc. Whatever that might be, we do these things. Why? Now I just put because we love, but you guys know what I mean, right? Because first of all, we love our God. He means everything to us. But secondly, because we love people, and we do things for people just because we love God and we love others. That's why we do those things. It's not because we want to gain something. It's not because we want people to see us. It's just because God has our life, and our life is given to Him and to other people. You remember on our shirts, uh, if you have your T-shirt there, Salem Church of Christ. Remember what it says? Showing God's love 
and all we do. That would probably be a good thing for me to remember every day. I've noticed that uh, since we had those shirts printed up, and I don't, I don't know about you, but I need to have some more printed up. I'm, uh, some of them are looking kind of old. I, I need, to, need to get it done again. Uh, but I noticed that it's a good thing for me to wear that shirt because it reminds me who I am, what I'm about, what I'm supposed to be doing. So therefore, uh, if I am in Walmart and someone is uh, taking forever in the line and they turn and say, I'm sorry, oh, I hate that when they do that. Well, if you're sorry, I want you to get out of the line. No, I don't do that, right? I don't act like that. It's okay, no big deal, no problem. You know, I, in other words, I, I remember who I am and I remember the way I'm supposed to act. And when I hit that bad shot, whoo! I'd really like to sling that club out in the brush, but I don't, right? Because whatever I'm doing, I don't, I, I, it's, I don't, I, I'm supposed to have Christ's attitude in me all the time. And so therefore, don't break the club, right? Just act like you're supposed to act. Be in control. Now, you apply that where you work, when you're at school. You apply that to the way that you treat your neighbor when they maybe not, don't treat you so well. We apply that in every part of our life, showing God's love in all that we do. We don't do things to be seen by other people. We do things because our heart is given to our Lord. Be careful. I know this is another one. This is in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And this is so important when it comes to living our life for our Lord. Okay. If you think you are standing firm, see that next word? Be careful that you don't fall. Is there a correlation there? When I start thinking that I'm standing firm, is that not the case that that is the time when I'm going to have to watch it because I'll probably be falling? Uh, oh, I've done it. Look at me. I'm so good. Oh, get ready. That's when you're probably going to have to fall. So be careful that you don't fall. And then he goes on to say this about temptation. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, He will always provide, uh, I said always, He will also, and I think always would be okay, He will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Okay, now, I, this is one of those that I'm, uh, I think is very important for us. One, to realize that temptations are so powerful that Satan never rests. That you can never say to yourself, oh, I'm now nah, everything is good. I, I, can, I can take my, I don't have to worry because I know I'm always going to be God's child. And I know there are groups of people that will tell you, oh, it's no problem. If you're God's child, there's nothing you can do about it. Then why did God say, be careful that you don't fall? I mean, if he, you couldn't fall, would God say, be careful you don't fall? Okay, you guys can nod your head or something, right? I mean, isn't that, isn't that a little bit weird that if, if, you, if it weren't possible, God wouldn't say that? So God says, now, if you think you're standing firm, you think you got it made, be careful that you don't fall. Because evidently it is possible to fall or he wouldn't say that. Now, I say that because I need to be aware that Satan is powerful and his temptations are real and he will do everything to get me to drift away, slide away from my Lord, not be what God wants me to be. He will put temptations in my way and those things are going to be happening once a month, once a week, every day, probably happening almost every hour. Amen? 
Okay, if that's the case, then I need to be aware of it, and I need to be ready because I don't want to fall. Be careful that we don't fall. Be aware. Temptation awareness. Secondly, it happens. I doesn't have the idea of it happens all the time, but it happens to everybody. Some of you young people are looking at some of these gray-haired people and say, well, I bet they don't have any temptations. Any gray-haired person want to raise your hand and say you don't have any temptations? How about bald-headed people? (laughs) That narrows narrows us down to a few. (laughs) But still, the idea is everybody faces it. Young, middle-aged, older, temptations across the board. I need to know that. You need to know that. Young people need to know that, okay? One, because we're all fighting against Satan. But secondly, because we know that temptations are real and we're fighting them and we're all messing up. And we need each other. We need our God. We lean on one another. No one is ever put above anybody else. No one is ever to the point, oh, let's listen to him because he is always right. Never. We don't do that. The only thing that we will say is always right is our God. Amen? And so therefore we will always look to what He says. And what he, uh, if He says it, then we'll say, okay, that's what's right. But we'll always know that people are tempted. And people will fall. That, I mean, that's just the way it is. You know, I got to thinking. If you're talking with someone who is not a Christian, and, and, or if we say someone in this, in this group today, we're hearing us talk about uh, our failings and our messing up and our sinful times that we're involved in. You know, I can see someone saying, well, what's the difference between you and me? And you know what I have to say? Well, there is no difference between you and me as far as you and me. The difference is our Savior because He's the one that makes me clean. If, if you're saying, well, you Christian people are perfect, well, the point is we're not perfect. We're all messing up, okay? Now, I'm not trying to be harsh on you if you're saying, well, I don't do a lot of things bad. Well, it only takes one thing bad. <laughs> one sinful thing separates us from our God. And, and, and you may be saying, well, I've got rid of a lot of those things. Well, praise you, praise you. Uh, that's not the point. The point is we all fall short of our God. Now, you may be saying, well, Rick, you're talking about those, those bad guys, the, the worst sinners. I'm talking about the very best Christian. The one who you would say, oh, there's a Christian above all Christians. That one is the one that still falls short of the glory of God. And because of that, I need to remember that it's all about Christ. And even when it comes to temptation, do you remember what what Paul says here? Really, the, the whole thing about temptation is God also. When you're tempted, it's all about God. You got to go to Him because He's the one that can handle that. He's never going to leave you. He'll always be with you. And He won't let you be tempted beyond what you can handle. Of course, that's only if you let Him. Okay, now I say those things just to help, hopefully help us to be careful. You think everything's so, you're standing so firm, be careful that you don't fall. Our God will help us. He will always provide a way out for us. Temptations are powerful, and, and, I, and I know that everybody in this building today is, is thinking right now of some uh, the sinful thing that, or maybe things that you have in your life. Thoughts that you've been having, maybe you're given to uh, lustful thoughts, or maybe it's greed, or, or maybe it, it's drunkenness, or, or the reason I can say those things is because they're so relevant and so, uh, I mean, they're, they're a part of so many people's lives, well, everybody's life. 
I say that not to hurt your feelings. It's not what I'm... I'm just trying to remind you that the reason you can do what you can do is because Christ is in your life. He's forgiven you of your sins. The reason you can be firm in any way is because God is in you, and God has given you strength, and God has given you forgiveness. It's only by His grace that, and His stripes that you have been healed, which read in Isaiah. It's what He did. And so I just encourage us all to rely on Him, put our confidence in Him. Don't think, oh, I've got it made. I'm standing firm. Be careful. That's the time you're going to fall. Be careful. Think about it all the time, actively in your mind. You're aware. You're ready. You're fighting. Lastly, another verse. All right, this is in Romans chapter 12. And there is a whole bunch of stuff listed in Romans chapter 12. Different things about a Christian. I am not going to have time to read that whole section of Scripture. And so, I invite you to write it down and you can spend some time looking. I think it's a wonderful deal that, it, especially Paul, he does it a lot. He, go, he has these lists that he lists out a whole bunch of stuff that Christian people do or that they don't do, okay? And in that list, I have found that every time I read one of his lists, I find something that affects me. And if I want to broaden that a little bit, I certainly find things that are affecting my community, my society, people that I'm living close to. And so therefore, I'm reminded of what a Christian is and what a Christian does. Now, the reason I point this out is because right in the middle of this, in verse 17, after he said a whole bunch of stuff and even says some things after verse 17, but he says this about Christians, be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. How's that going for you? Is that something you've been thinking about all day? All last week, when you were at work, is this something that was continually on your mind? Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. You know, sometimes I, 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 as I look at a list, I'd like to say, well, let's put a check box out at the edge of the list. And then I can go down and I say, okay, I got that one, got that one. I mean, oh, I, I'd love it if that were the case. I could just check off my box, but I didn't have to look inside to see if my heart was really there. I'm just doing the things, right? And here's the idea. That will never be what God wants me to be. I could check off all the check boxes and still not be what God wants me to be because my heart were in the wrong place, or if I were doing those things for the wrong reasons, that wouldn't be what God wanted anyway. And so, I uh, look through that list, and then I get, see Paul kind of summing it up and saying, you know what? You need to do what is right, and that everybody knows is right. You need to do those things. This morning, I encourage you, be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. There's so many reasons why this is listed. One, of course, we're just God's children, and we want to do what's right in the eyes of everyone. But secondly, think about the influence you have on other people. Think about how you affect them by the way that you live. People that you go to school with. You know, sometimes you may not notice this, young people. You may not even think about it, about the people that you go to school with, people that you're around. Now, this, I'm not saying this is going to happen to you, okay? <laughs> but it might that lady that's over in the other building that I've been with for all these years, 
You know why she's a Christian today? And she'll tell you this. You can ask her if you'd like. You know why she's a Christian today? Is because when I was in high school, well, actually, we've been going to school together since we were in fifth grade, but all through high school, all through grade school, many other, other years there, and i got to be honest, it was more my sisters than me because she was good buddies with my sisters, okay? But it, and she'll tell you, it was because of the influence that I, as well as my sisters, had on her when we were in school that she is a Christian today. Oh, I'm just, I'm just in high school. I'm, I'm just in, in junior high. People don't pay attention. I can act like I want to. Well, you can. I mean, I'm not saying you can't. It's, it's possible for you to act like you want to, but I'm just saying you might be missing out on an influence that could save a person's soul. You could have that kind of influence on someone. Be careful what you do. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. The influence you had could affect a person's eternal soul. Oh, i got to close up. One, I told you I was going to have three verses that I was going to look at, but I just got to throw a couple in for extra, okay? And here's one that I found very interesting when it comes to this idea of being careful because there are times occasionally that I will say to, especially, you know, like the kids or, or uh, someone that I, that I see that's, that's going into a situation that I think might be kind of dangerous for them, I'll say, now you be very careful. I'll put the very in there, right? Because this is something you need to be very careful about. Now, you be careful about other things, but be very careful, all right? And this is what he says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. And of course, this is Ephesians chapter 5, and Paul is trying to encourage the brothers there. But I thought, you know, you can't have a sermon talking about be careful unless you throw in the one where Paul says, now be very careful how you live. Be very careful how you live. Make sure it's like wise people live. That's a big deal. Be very careful. Okay, one more. This is in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, still possible, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. Close up our lesson today by saying this. Be careful that none of you have fallen short of being what God wants you to be. If you look in your life and you say, yeah, well, I am right now. I have fallen short of it. I'm not being what God needs me to be. I'm not his child. Maybe you've never been, you've never given yourself to Christ. Your heart doesn't belong to him. You've never been buried into Christ through baptism. And what I mean by that, of course, referring to Romans chapter 6, that we die and are buried and resurrected with Christ. Our life is in him. His blood covers us. He is the, the righteousness that has come to us. And because of that, we can be right before our God. This morning, if that's not you and you have not done that, I encourage you, right? I encourage you, be careful not to be found short of what God has asked you to be. And for those of us who are God's children, who have given our life to our Lord, and yet during our days as we go through them, maybe we are not consciously and actively thinking about being very careful that we are God's child. Be careful that you don't come up short of what God wants us to be. He's everything. He has our heart. He has our soul. He has our mind. He has our strength. We are His. This morning, if our relationship is not what it's supposed to be, if, it's not, if you're, you're not right with your Lord, be careful not to be found short of it. 
If you need a response, Christ calls you to come to him as together we stand and sing this song.